Hello, and welcome to Santa Clara University's Jesuit School of Theology podcast. My name is Steve Padilla, and I'm the host of our JST podcast. We're reaching you from the Loyola Room at JST overlooking the beautiful city of Berkeley in the San Francisco Bay Area. This week's podcast, I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Catherine Bruch, Assistant Professor of Art History and Religion for JST and the Graduate Theological Union. Welcome, Dr. Bruch. Thanks, Steve. I'm happy to be here. All right, let's get right into it. Um, what do you teach, and what do you enjoy teaching about it? I teach a number of classes here at JST and the GTU relating to religion and the arts. One class called The History of Christianity and 50 Objects was actually based on a collaboration between the British Museum and the BBC where the entire history of the world was examined and unpacked through um, artifacts in the collection of the British Museum. We do the same in my seminar, but focus specifically on the history of the first 3,000 years of the church. Just 3,000? Just 3,000 years. <laughs> no, no easy task, but quite a fun task, I think. I also teach a historical survey on art associated with pilgrimage practice and an entire seminar that examines images of the Virgin Mary. Nice. And you had asked what I enjoy most about teaching, and I think what I enjoy most is being able to give students tools that enable them to walk into any church and be able to unpack and appreciate the iconographic content or symbols and stories of any window or reliquary. Architecture itself becomes important. For example, when you enter a church from the west door and head east towards the altar, you're on a sort of mini pilgrimage. That means that every single time you approach the sacraments, you're heading in the direction of Jerusalem from the west to the east. See, I just learned something new today. I did not know that. <laughs> Glad to help. <laughs> so sacred art in general contains an incredible code that allows all sorts of insights and discoveries into so many aspects of culture, including religion and belief. It's also something practical that students can take away and continue to use in their lives and their ministries. Wow, that sounds fascinating. And I believe you're also teaching another class. You gave me some information, uh, art and pilgrimage. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite classes to run, and it's coming up this fall. And the whole point is to look at uh, the visual culture and art of religious pilgrimage uh, through the ages. And it includes museum visits and church tours. And I'm very excited that we're also going to screen a brand new documentary film called Phil's Camino. And I'm bringing the director and uh, Phil himself, actually, the subject of the film, to uh, JST. And you can learn more about that at philscamino.com. So philscamino.com. And I believe we are going to do a podcast with them when they get here. I think we are. Great. So that, little, that'll be good. A little advertisement. Yeah. And now the, the, the guided museum and church tours, is that just here in the Bay Area? Or are you guys traveling? Or, or how does that work? I try to go to different places for that church tour. Sometimes we go to the San Francisco Mission. Sometimes we do local churches and chapels connected to the GTU. And this time we're going to actually go to Santa Clara, um, the main campus or south campus, to look at the mission church there and also uh, the museum. Nice. Now, um, when I first started working here, uh, I would get a call and they were like, you need to come down, you need to come down, you need to take pictures. Because, you know, I do the social media and everything. And, and here I come in and, and I'm taking pictures of, of all these people uh, looking at art uh, and then, you know, discussing, you know, the combination of art and religion. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Um, so which leads me to my question is what led you to combine um, art and religion? That's a great question. And I think that it's really crucial to consider the visual image along with textual discourse in order to understand religious and cultural history. Art, I think, can also become a really important way to understand theology. Images can be explored the way texts are to form a sort of visual exegesis. 
Take, for example, the image of the Virgin Mary nursing Jesus in the third century catacombs of Priscilla. The unknown artist who drew the image chose this particular scene from the Gospels, a scene actually of unconditional love and humanity over all the others. It was before there was a developed visual vocabulary of things like nativity scenes. So this means it was a personal and original choice of a moment that really stirred that particular anonymous artist. So this kind of thing really starts to tell us something about the history of private devotion in these earliest, very early Christian centuries. So, so the, the, you're, what you're telling me, there's just a lot more to art than just, you know, the beauty of it, you know, the religion. There's like, you know, there's like deep personal stories within each piece. I think that's right, Steve. And I, um, I think it's really important to kind of consider that as, as uh, we look at text. I think it's a, a way to really augment the text that we're looking at. And I just want to channel uh, quickly before we move on to the next question, my friend and colleague, Father Michael Morris, who's a Dominican priest and GTU professor of art and religion. Um, he unfortunately passed away this summer after a battle with cancer. And he said something that I'll never forget that really encapsulates my vocation as an art and religion professor and also his. He said, quote, what better job could one hope for than one where you delve deeper and deeper into the realms of faith and beauty? If, as they say, art is the shadow of divine perfection, then I have one foot in paradise already. So I think it's, in any case, a real privilege to be able to teach these subjects. Nice. And it shows, too, when, you, when you're down here and, and, and working with uh, the different people that I've seen. Now, uh, amongst the, all the other classes that you're teaching um, and doing some great stuff, you also have a new book out. It is called... The Art of Sacred Journey in Britain from 1790 to 1850. Can you tell me a little bit about the book? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so in this case, the book is actually a revised uh, version of my doctoral dissertation. Oh, okay. Um, and I think in general, this is what I tell my students, dissertations should usually, usually bring a new idea or hitherto unpublished uh, sources to light. So I think a, a limited focus is extremely important. And I did notice a gap in the history of Christian pilgrimage in Britain. There's a lot of focus on the Middle Ages, but really nothing that had been done on the modern era. And, the, and I, I focused specifically on the 19th century, and that's what I decided to explore. In the process, there was all sorts of material that surfaced. I basically had a four-year allergy attack as I went through <laughs> dusty box after dusty box in the archives. That must have been fun. Yeah, great fun. <laughs> but I always had a box of tissues. But the result is that I was able to publish some really great material that shows a completely different angle of the religious history of the British Isles. I always wanted to write fiction, too. It's a little um, side, side interest that I have. And there's enough fodder in that book to last me a while. There are stories of hidden grails, foot journeys and dream journeys, and even Mary Shelley's secret trip to Rome to uncover a hidden reliquary painted by Fra Angelico. And there's actually a Jesuit connection it turns out that there's a well in Wales called St. Winifred's Well that was the only surviving site of pilgrimage even through the Protestant Reformation. And the reason it was able to survive is because Jesuits would dress up like caretakers and minister to pilgrims in secret at the well. Oh, wow. So there's a cool little Jesuit moment um, that I think uh, our JST listeners would be interested in hearing about. That is awesome uh, to be able to, to get that information. And... Uh, that book actually uh, has been uh, recognized a little bit. Uh, Marina Warner 
Um, she actually, this is what she said. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to brag for you, uh, Dr. Bruce. Uh, but she said, this is a richly researched, highly original and eye-opening. gives a new perspective on the place of faith and pilgrimage in these islands. And so, uh, once again, that is uh, the art of sacred journey in Britain from 1790 to 1850. And you took your uh, doctorate. So what was your dissertation? Was it on this title or what was it? What was it on? Yeah, it was. It was a similar title. It was the same title. Um, it, it, I had a, a, a little proceeding section before the colon that was um, a quote from William Blake that, that says, every age is a Canterbury pilgrimage. And the whole thing came about because I've really been interested in the Catholic habit of collecting things from sacred sites. In particular, I'm fascinated by prayer cards and souvenirs that come with um, certifications that they've come into contact with a particular shrine or a relic of a saint. And we don't really have any critical lexicon in academia to talk about this yet, so I've been calling it a sort of transfer of spirit from a sacred site to a representation. And the book begins to really develop this idea through a number of case studies. It looks at the history of pilgrimage both as a physical journey and a form of meditative contemplation or contemplative prayer. And um, this is the thing that, that was pretty original about the, the book, is that I actually look at the actual process of art making as a form of pilgrimage. That is to say that physically traversing the lines on a page with a brush can actually constitute mental travel. That means that the brush becomes a pilgrim that leads the mind to prayer. That is awesome. And um, where, can you, uh, where can you find the book? The book is available on Amazon.com. Amazon. That's a, you know what? I've heard of that site. I think they sell a few things on there, don't they? <laughs> they do. It is on Amazon, and the publisher is called Rutledge, so I think you can also, it's available through the Rutledge Okay, so you can, you can go to Rutledge, or you can go to this little site. Um, I think it's catching on. Um, called Amazon uh, to be able to get your book. Uh, Dr. Roosh, it's been a, a pleasure. And actually, I love being able to uh, come to work um, and to do the job that I do to promote, you know, JST and the attributes and the people, uh, you know, that are helping teaching. But another great thing is to be able to learn. Uh, the fact that, you know, I come here and, and I learn something new today um, on Wednesday is kind of a nice thing. Uh, this is going to be, you know, airing. Uh, we'll put this out uh, tomorrow, and so I'm really happy about that. Now, um, we're in August. Uh, we're a couple of weeks away before orientation, and then classes start. Uh, what's something you're looking forward to uh, this upcoming uh, school year with your students? I'm looking forward to just continuing to teach these classes, and I'm, I'm interested in giving them some more contextual learning opportunities. Very excited about being able to get on the road and go see churches and museums and give them a real uh, hands-on experience. And again, as I said before, hopefully that can be a real takeaway as they proceed into their into their work and their ministry. I think I might need to tag along on some of those, you know, just for our social media to take pictures and, and do all that fun stuff. And Absolutely, let, Steve. Let people always, know. Welcome, always welcome. So I, uh, so I appreciate that. And do you have any any other books coming up or is this, is this one coming up that you're working on or is there anything else that you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on two other projects. Uh, you had mentioned Phil's Camino before. Phil is a really fascinating guy. He uh, had always dreamed of walking the Camino to Santiago and unfortunately was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So his dreams of going to Spain were temporarily put on hold. But he actually ended up um, whacking together his own Camino to Santiago in his backyard. <laughs> nice. uh, he, he realized that he had a number of acres and he calculated it would be 909 laps through his backyard and that would get him all 500 miles to 
Santiago de Compostela. So he, he actually mapped the whole pilgrimage onto his yard. And now he's still walking in his backyard, actually. He's, he's well, and he's going to come see us at JST this fall if all goes as planned. And he actually has pilgrims coming to visit him from all over the world uh, to walk. So I'm very interested in interviewing some of these pilgrims and hearing their stories of grace and healing and, um, and things that have happened as they've walked Phil's Camino. So that's one project. And another one looks at people like Phil that take pilgrimages and make miniature reconstructed pilgrimages. So I'm looking at the tradition of, for example, building Lourdes uh, shrines in different parts of America. There's a famous one at uh, Notre Dame, the um, Notre Dame rather, as we say in America, the University of Notre Dame. Um, and labyrinths are another very interesting example of miniature pilgrimages. And there's one right here in uh, Los Altos where we have our faculty retreat coming up in August. So I always look forward to walking the labyrinth when I'm there. There you go. Well, that sounds great. And I'd look forward to uh, actually doing another podcast with you after, you know, you meet with them and, and, and get all that great information. I think it'd be great for our listeners to be able to, uh, to listen to what, uh, what you were able to find with that. Great. We're all looking forward to it very much. Thank you, Dr. Baruch, for being my guest this week. JST's podcast will be sent out weekly on Thursdays. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at JSTSCU. And on Instagram, also at JSTSCU, and Facebook at Jesuit School of Theology of Santa Clara. You can also visit us on the web at scu.edu backslash JST. If you'd like further information on JST or the content of this podcast, you can email me at sjpadilla at scu.edu. That's S-J-P-A-D-I-L-L-A at scu.edu, or you can contact me at one 800 Thank you for listening to JSC's podcast, where we are living theology and transforming our world.